Welcome to the Schoolhouse Podcast, where it is jumping. All right. Mm. My name is Mr. Schoolhouse. And you guys know the objective of this podcast is to provide professional support for education professionals. Look, I'm super excited. I'm feeling astonishing about today's interview. And we're going to go ahead and dive into today's show. All right. I'm not going to talk too much longer. I will allow my guest to introduce himself. Hey, well, thank you for the opportunity for the platform. I appreciate it. My name is Dr. Sheldon L. Akins. I am the host of the Leading Equity Podcast, founder of the Leading Equity Center. I hail, I live, I don't say I'm from here, but I live in Idaho. Uh, people don't ever believe me. Or I'm usually the first Idahoan that they've ever met in their entire life. Not a lot of people out here. So I do represent Idaho. Uh as far as the education side of things, I used to be a history teacher, uh, mainly middle and high. And then I moved into administration, school principal, and then um, did special ed as well for a few years. And currently, uh, what I do right now is I do a lot of training consulting in relations to diversity, equity, inclusion, and also sense of belonging. So that's kind of my bread and butter these days. Mm, nice, nice. What 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 inspires you? to go into the work of equity. I know you were, you know, you were school principal, things like that, but what, what kind of, how did it, how did it find you or how did you find it? <laughs> That's a good question because I mean, one could argue, well, you know, being a person of color, um, being, being who I am, this has always been a thing for me just from childhood all the way up. I mean, I could tell you stories. However, I think I really got more intentional with my efforts as a black man living in Idaho. I remember when I first got here, I, I just, I mean, I grew up in the South. I grew up in Houston. And so like where I came from, it's like, I knew exactly where not to go. I knew a lot of things. Things were just out there. It's open. It's pretty blatant. And when I came to the Northwest, it was a lot subtle stuff. And I was experiencing things from the classroom side. I would have students tell me stuff that was happening to them. My own children were dealing with things and I didn't really know how to help or how to respond in these types of situations because they're brand new to me. And so I embarked on a journey five years ago. I was like, look, let me, let me do some research. Let me figure out, you know, how can I help myself and also share this with others? And I decided I'm going to go ahead and start a podcast. So I started finding articles, scholarly articles from people, uh, professors, and I reach out to them like, hey, can, can we jump on the mic? I just, I, I want to talk about your research. And, you know, most people that do research, they love to talk about their own research. So it was not hard to get guests on the show. And as I would do these interviews, you start, you know, you start to pick up things, you start to learn things. And, and not just learn things from experience, but you're learning like research evidence-based practices like these are folks who have done the research these are folks who have really put in a lot of work and effort and i got to give a lot of credit especially for a lot of my early episodes to really kind of engage me in which i wanted to do more i wanted to learn more and so i'm what 300 and i think i'm 319 episode 319 i believe comes out tomorrow so it's it's just one of those things where i just learned so much over the years mm, mm. No, that's really good. You do you do learn a lot from you do learn a lot from from different people. So that's that's basically how you got started by interviewing other experts that were that were already in the field. So once you were able to learn that, right, some of that information, how were you able to apply that to your life personally? Like some of the things that you were learning as you were, you know, just kind of getting things started. I remember learning about microaggressions. 
Okay. Uh, and, and implicit bias. Those are some of the early things. I, 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 it's one of those things. It's like you're experiencing stuff, but you don't know what it is. I don't know what it's called. Mm. And I'm just like, something's wrong. Like mm. I'm having a conversation with somebody and they'll say something to me and it doesn't hit me in, initially. And then after the conversation or, you know, I'm walking to my car, I'm getting in my car. I'm like, wait a second. What did they just say? Why did they say that to me? Would they mm-hmm. have said that to someone else? Mm. And, and so I think early on the first few things that really helped me just navigate life was finding ways to respond to microaggressions. So microaggressions are those everyday subtle slights that people might throw or say to you. We're just going to assume unintentionally. And mm. they didn't mean nothing by it, but they just say some stuff. Like for me, things I get all the time in town is people assume that I'm a, I'm an athlete. Now, uh, not it. only an athlete, they assume that I'm a college athlete. Now, keep in mind, I have my PhD. I'm 40 years old. But still to this day, I could walk into a store or I can walk uh, into the mall and people ask me, what position do I play? Because this is a college town and they just automatically assume there's no reason for him to be here as opposed to him being mm. in on here on a scholarship. Mm. So I usually re- respond in these type of situations. First of all, I'll say, well, I appreciate the compliment. You know, I'm actually 40 years old. I'm done with school. Right. Um, but then I'll, I like to ask some questions back. I'll mm. say something like, hey, what made you assume that I must be here for an athletic scholarship? Would would have been wrong for you to assume that I could have been here for an academic scholarship? Yeah. You, know, you you just thought that I, I sure surely I he's got to be a running back. No, yeah. why couldn't I be a four yeah. scholar here on a, a on a scholarship that way as opposed to only being good for an athletic scholarship? And so when I ask those type of questions it allows some dialogue to go on and it kind of makes folks feel a little bit uncomfortable because they realize, yeah, yeah, I probably couldn't, have, shouldn't have asked that kind of question. But again, it's not, it's not nothing that I'm attacking someone with. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not accusing anything. I'm just opening up a conversation so we can talk and we can unpack things. So I would say a lot of the stuff that I've been learning again over the years has been how to respond in situations because a lot of these things, they catch you off guard. You're not ready for you. We're not waking up in the morning saying, you know, what, I'm ready to fight social justice all the time. Like things just happen. They just sit in our lap sometimes. And we're just like, Oh, whoa, how do I respond? So th- those things are, have been very helpful for me, man. You know, honestly, as you were um just telling that experience, Mm-hmm. That's pretty bold because I'm the type of guy where I would honestly just say, no, I'm not, I'm not here for that. I'm here for right. X, Y, and Z and just keep it, keep it going. But the fact that you, you know, to, to start dialogue and to not, like you said, you're not attacking mm-hmm. anyone, but you're just chal- kind of challenging their way of thinking of like, why couldn't I be here for right. an academic scholarship? Why couldn't I be here for something that's pur- you know, purposeful and meaningful or to contribute to the community, you know, things of that that nature. So I just think that's that's bold. And uh I like that approach because it gets people thinking and it does start conversation. It, it's one of those things, it's like if it happened the first time, sure. Yeah. But when I when I'm telling you, and I kid you not, it's probably happened the 12th time. And then after a while, you're just like, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. So maybe I need maybe I need to take a little bit of time out of my day. Yeah, to educate someone or engage in a conversation. So you know, it's like the death by a thousand cuts, or like getting bit by a mosquito, 
where it's like you get bit one time by a mosquito. All right, it sucks. You know, you scratch it off, whatever. But if you go camping without your bug spray, it, it, you're going to have a rough day. Yeah. And so and when it happens all over, over and over and over again, and I kid you not, I get the same type of things just depending on what I'm wearing. Wow. If I wear a suit around town, people assume that I'm a, I'm a pastor. And so mm-hmm. they'll, they'll ask me, hey, what, what's, what's your church? What's your congregation? And I say, well, I'm, I'm not a pastor. But could I have been a doctor or an attorney? Mm-hmm. What, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. What yeah. made you assume that I'm a pastor? And then again, I'm opening up a conversation, dialogue, those kind of things. And I can go from there. Uh, Now, depending on what kind of mood I'm in, I might say something like, you know what? I'm not a pastor, but you're welcome to give me your tithes and offering. I I can make sure it gets to the right place. (laughs) I help you out. I help you get there. But it just depends on the mood. Now, I'll be honest with you, you know, Mr. Schoolhouse, I'm not always in the mood. I'm not always in the mood to take the time, you know, five, 10 minutes and open up a dialogue. I don't know this person. I'm on a rush trying to get to to my next destination. I don't always have the time. Mm. But sometimes they don't they don't get that response. Mm. You know, they they might get another response was like, you know what? I I I really, you know, I'm 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 just not in the mood. And I, I might say some, you know, well, you know, you look like you might be a golfer. Or, or, or you know what you you look like you might be something else like and then I might engage in dialogue that way, but that's just when I'm just not having the best day. I'm just not in the mood to just kind of deal with with nonsense because again, a lot of these things happen over and over and over and over again. Wow, that's no. This is this is really good dialogue, man. So, how does the you know how do these conversations and just tailor to you know your 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 branding how mm-hmm. does that relate and connects in the education space for educators and students you know the, the thing about it is and again we're assuming everybody has the best intentions so I, I just assume any teacher any principal any school you know anybody that's staff is there for the kids you know they're, mm-hmm. they're not there just for the check the, the paychecks that's i operate on that and we just assume everybody has the best intentions until you prove me otherwise right, right. Right. So the work that I do a lot is people will ask me questions like, oh, I want to be a good teacher, uh, but I have teach students of all different backgrounds and things like that. And I'm just trying to figure out how ways to, to connect with them. So a lot of times people want a checklist. What do I need to do? Just give me the five things I need to do and I'll be a better teacher. And I say, I, I don't believe in checklists because one, we're not baking a cake. You know, mm-hmm. you can, you can, I can say if I want to bake some cookies or I want to make a cake, I go to the store and I can get these five things, turn my oven on, mix them up, boom, 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 put them in something. And voila, I've made my cookies, but that's not how education goes. And that's definitely not how being responsible when it comes to someone's needs works. Cause everybody has individualized challenges, things that they need that's unique to them. So I always say, start off with, rather than trying to make a lot of assumptions, mm. see if you can ask questions, right? Because I'm, again, I'm all about dialogue. I don't know if it's the podcast inside of me, but I'd like to one-on-one dialogue. Let's talk about this. Again, I'm not blaming you. You know, I'll, I'll say, you know, hey, uh, you know, Mr. Wilson, I was just, you know, walking down the street. I'm oh, sorry, walking down the hallway. And I just noticed that you said something to a student 
that I thought was, you know, maybe something that we could we can unpack if later on. I didn't want to interrupt your conversation, but just something that I thought maybe we could talk about. Do you have a moment so we can we can share those kind of little things? Because people always say, I don't know what to say. How do I interject? How do I intervene in these situations? And I say simply asking questions can help you get get through that process. So that's a lot of the work that I do is. I'll do some teaching like, okay, here's some things that we may not have considered. Here's some situations. How do we respond? How do you, what are some words that we can say? This is not a checklist, but what are some things that we can say? What are some things that we can do to, to increase an opportunity for a positive outcome as opposed to that individual saying, oh, I didn't mean it that way, or you took it too far, or, or you need to lighten up, or all these different defensive statements people will, will return their, their thoughts with and dialogue doesn't go anywhere. Hmm. Now, I, I like a lot of what you said. And I think, for what about that educator that's out there that's saying, I'm I'm hearing what you're saying. I, I like what you're saying, but mm -hmm. I'm scared of the, the response. Like, because you can ask a question to somebody, right? And mm -hmm. people can still get defensive. People can still get upset. Oh, yeah. And it can still can still be uncomfortable. So like and like when when it comes to equity, when the, when the first start is asking questions, how does how does that educator get over the fear of the response? So like I guess like over analyzing, over analyzing it and yeah. overthinking it, overthinking yeah. the process. I've, I've I'll have people that'll tell me stuff like you know what I said something three years ago and I got called. Someone said I was being racist or I said something. Uh, someone said I was being homophobic or sexist. And so as a result of that experience that I had, I'll mm -hmm. never say anything else again. Right. Um, you know, sometimes I do work with folks that are in the Midwest and there's this Midwest niceness culture. I was like, well, I, I can only I can't say certain things because of our Midwest culture. You know, everybody has to be nice to each other. This is whole thing. And so the way I, I try to help people approach things is yeah, you might have made a mistake in the past. Maybe things didn't go well, but at the end of the day, that doesn't mean that you should give up. Okay. Mm. Here's some here's some ways that we can tweak some of our language. But again, asking questions. But then the other side of things, and this was hard for me. This was really hard for me as a as a a a, a trainer, because I would enter into a space and we're gonna do a workshop, and I was thinking that you know, hundred percent participant participation 100 everybody's gonna be on board everybody's yeah. gonna you know i'm gonna change the hearts and minds and lives of everybody within that one hour or that half day session and i've realized there's just gonna be some individuals there's nothing you can say or there's nothing you can do they are closed-minded they are there and you know it's unfortunately they're in front of kids too but yeah. There's just some things that you just, you have to accept. I think it's Glenn Singletary and, and the Courageous Conversations where he talks about accept non-closure. Non mm. At the end of the day, mm. there's there might be some individuals like no matter what you say, do, they've already, there's nothing you can do to convince them. Yeah. Okay. I try to encourage people and I, and I let people know when I'm, when I'm coming to their school, I say, you know, principal, I'm going to spark a lot of, of thoughts into a lot of people's minds. I'm going to show them things that they have never thought about from, from a different lens, but I don't want these things to end here. I'm here for an hour. I'm here for a couple of hours. 
but it's your responsibility as a school leader, as a building leader, to continue this work, continue to engage in conversations, because there are going to be some individuals who are going to need multiple touches. Okay, mm-hmm. I can, I can, you know, depend on how you grew up, depending on what type of news stations you watch, music you listen to. Those are the things that in, influence our perspectives of life, right? And again, unintentionally, we're assuming everybody has the best intentions. And so, yes, I might initiate some conversations and dialogue, but you as a school leader needs to further that dialogue. You need to encourage your folks to go home and participate in, in dialogue with at, with their partners and with their family members and engage in things within their community so that they can kind of learn and, and learn things on their own, right? It doesn't have to be whatever Dr. Aiken says is gold, right? Do your own research as well, but I want to initiate that. But then even still, with all of that, there's going to be a few outliers who's going to say, nope, not yep. my school. I love all my kids the same. And and they're all, we're all the same human. We're all the same race. We're all a human race and our blood is red and all that. You're yeah. going to get some of those folks that there's yeah. nothing that there's nothing you can say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, man, I love it. I love what you said, man. And I think that that's true. You know, that I think there are some people who are so stuck in their way. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. And the thing is, regardless of like throughout the journey of like fighting for equity or or having dialogues in this education space, don't allow those traumatic experiences yeah. to shy you away from mm-hmm. what can happen with the next person. Because what you said, what traumatic experience you had with that individual, rather that was a teacher or rather that was your coworker or a student or a parent. That may not be the very well same case if you was to go to another district. Maybe they believe in equity more or maybe they believe in diversity more. But, you know, I think, you know, it is hard, you know, for humans to like see past the traumatic experiences and not allowing that past to like dictate what could possibly happen in the future in terms of having those dialogue and conversations. So I really like when you said that, because I think that's very important. And to also remember that everybody's not going to be accepting and receiving of you, you know, bringing in this like equity in, in diversity, you know, because the history behind it, you know, so. Yeah. And that is hard. Yeah. And as someone who does this all the time, I want everybody to come, come on board. I'm like, man, I put all this work and time and effort and research uh, to prepare for this 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 presentation and I want everybody to leave wanting to be on board and it was hard it's hard to know that you know what there's still gonna be you can have 100 people and you get 100 what was it you get 98 percent great feedback and compliments and you get those two compliments to say uh you know well this wasn't for me or you know this was a, a terrible yeah. presentation whatever and those are the two that you remember you don't remember the yeah, other 98. That's, that's true. <laughs> right? It's them two. It's the two outliers that are going to throw your day off. Your whole day will be messed up. But you have to be okay with knowing that I'm not going to, not everybody's going to be on board. Yeah. Uh, at least not today. Yeah. You can always have the hope that somebody else will say the exact same thing that you said. And, and, or, and an instance will happen. I would tell you one thing before George Floyd happened. Before George Floyd was murdered, I had a lot of colleagues and friends that were big on, you know, don't do, you know, if you weren't out there doing the crime, then you, you, you know, these guys just need to comply and they're this and they're that. And they watched the George Floyd video and then they were like, oh, shoot. Okay. Maybe there really is a problem. 
Mm. So sometimes it takes tragedies to take place yeah. for folks to realize, you know what? Okay. I've been operating with a closed mind because none of this thing has ever impacted me personally or a family member personally, but now I'm literally watching injustice take place. Mm. Maybe there should be some conversation. Maybe I should open up my thoughts and my mindset on this because I can see it. It's not just someone telling me these things happen. Uh, my neighbor saying these things. No, I literally watched this. So sometimes, unfortunately, Mm. It takes some some tra tragedy to take place for folks to realize. Okay, let's let's engage in some dialogue. Mm. No, that's 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 really good, man. And also another thing is, I want to say another statement before I move on to my next question. Yeah. I like what you said about you know the lead. It starts with the leadership mm -hmm. because it's one thing for a person to come in and do a professional development with your teachers or you know your staff. But it's a whole nother thing for the the leadership team to carry that, carry that out and follow up, you know, making sure that this is actually being implemented because it's almost like showing somebody something one time and then they're going to forget it. Or, you know, mm -hmm. like you, you, you may teach students how to do, I don't know, long term, long division. But if you only show them once, one time, yeah. Probably if you ask them a week from now or maybe even the next day, they probably forgot because yeah. it's a lot of information. So I think, too, is like, yeah, you know, making sure that leadership is carrying out, um, carrying out that equity, diversity and just having these healthy dialogues, it will make a, a bigger impact and, a, and it will and resonate more. So um, my my question is, when it comes to diversity, right, because I, I, I think. I know you mentioned that diversity is one of the things that you that you're you know specialized in as well. What's the difference between equity and diversity? Um, when we when we're talking um education in the school space, are they one in the same or? Hmm. No, they're they're that's a good question because they they are different and, and people tend to lump people when people hear diversity, equity, and inclusion, and they just automatically think black and brown people. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and and so let's let's start with diversity first because diversity can include it's not just first of all either of those terms aren't limited to race uh but people just hear those terms and they just automatically just it's like it's like the, the oh well i'm I'm white or i'm this or i'm that and so oh, that, that doesn't apply to me right mm -hmm. but diversity can be in thought diversity can be representation of identities uh you know that's why when we have these kind of conversations, it's like at the end of the day, if I have 20 people and 20 people from different countries, different places, different things, whether they're all white or whether they're all black or brown, whatever it is, there's diversity there. Okay. You're going to have people that are able-bodied. You're going to have people that are deaf and hard of hearing. You're going to have folks that English is not their first language. You're going to have folks that are representing, you know, women, you have males, you have, you know, uh, non, non-gender, like you're going to have all these different things. That's diversity, mm -hmm. right? Because I, I will enter into a space and people say, oh, uh, we don't need any diversity work because we're 98% white. And I said, well, do you have folks that are living in trailer park? You have folks that are coming in ah. from uh, all these, you know, upper class, you know, upper middle class, like there's a different thing. There's, there's so much built into that. And you just can't limit it to just a racial conversation. There's a lot of diversity in those kind of ways. Now, the equity side of things, and people mix up equality and equity together. It's like equity is, you know, equality is giving everybody the same thing. But the way I try to, to, to explain to folks when it comes to equity, 
because people will try to say, oh, well, equity means that you're taking something away from some money to give to someone else. And I say, here's here's a very simple simple uh, uh, example. If if I come to your classroom, I say, hey, everybody, uh, teacher, uh, I'm going to give all your your students a, uh, a pair of shoes. You know, I, I just realized everybody should get a pair of shoes. And so I give everybody a pair of shoes. Let's say you got 30 kids in your classroom. Everybody, 30 kids get a pair of shoes. But if all of those 30 pairs of shoes are a size four red heel, you know, or, uh, or then you're going to realize, wait a second, a lot of my students aren't going to need a size four. A lot of my students aren't going to want to wear a heel. Uh, some of my students aren't going to want to, red may not be their favorite color. So that's where I'm like, okay, well, what does this student need? Okay, I'm, I, I'm agreeing that I'm going to give them a pair of shoes, but what size does this student wear? What size does this student wear? What size does this student wear? What kind of shoe do they need as opposed to just giving everybody the same thing? So we had to keep in mind when it comes to wanting to be equitable in our approach, we had to think about individual needs, okay? Mr. Schoolhouse, you and I probably have different subjects that we love, uh, that we probably tend to do better in, you know, this is our strength, you know, this is my go-to subject. Um, and so what do you need in those type of classes versus the classrooms where, you know, it's not my favorite subject. I might need a little bit more encouragement. I might need a little bit more time. I might need a little bit more motivation. Those are the things that we need to look at when it comes to being equitable in our practices. Even when I do, even when I like ask people, you know, people say, well, what are your rates? How much would it cost to come? I say, you know, I have set rates, but I want to be equitable in my practice. You know, I realize that you're a school and maybe you're coming from an area where money is not as, as strong. And so I can work with you. Right. But if I just say, no, is this much every time, then I'm, I'm going to lose out and you're going to lose out for an opportunity for us to work together so that we can ultimately support your students because I'm just doing one thing across the board. So those are just the two differences between diversity. Diversity, again, either of these aren't limited to race, but diversity coming from different perspectives, backgrounds, and uniqueness. And then on the equitable side is making sure that individuals or individual needs are being met. Man, that 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 was that was good, man. That was a profound way that you that you put that into perspective because you know, I've always thought myself included that when I hear diversity, the first mm -hmm. thing I think about is race. Yeah. That is yeah. the first thing I think about. <laughs> oh, it is are there some blacks, whites, right. and other different races? But if you can be diverse, like even within your own culture and people exactly. from different backgrounds. And I think that is um that's a new lens. And mm -hmm. even like you saying like you were saying how the school said how a school may say hey look we don't need any diversity we're mm -hmm. good over here well, are you really good because yeah. it's deeper than what you think <laughs> so no I, I i like the way that you explained that manny and i know we're about to you know wrap things up but before you know the schoolhouse comes to an end today i want to ask you what is one one solution or a solution that you can that you know of that can solve the issues that we have in American education. I know that's Man, that a is, heavy. That was you gotta which issues? <laughs> Anywhere you feel compelled to start, even if it's equity diversity, you can choose how you want to answer it. 
Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, well, I let's, let's go back because, you know, I'm a history teacher. And so like our current educational system is built on the structure or the framework from the industrial revolution. Yeah, it is. Okay? Top down, uh, there's, there's age-based classrooms, liberal um, thinking, all, all of that was built on kind of after the industrial revolution came to. Now, when COVID happened, I figured, oh, okay. This is that time, you know, because could no one figure out anything. We barely made it through the school year. We, we, this was an opportunity to restructure things. And slowly but surely, we're back to the same same structure. If, if it was up to me, one of the things I would get rid of is grades. Great. Uh, I, I think yeah. at the end of the day, a lot of folks, again, we rely on grades. You know, you got an A, you got a B, you got a C, you got a D, you got an F which F doesn't make any sense because, you know, 50, zero to 50 is an F, but everything else is like just 10, 10%. And just even that doesn't match up, right? And so there's so much there, but I've been really looking more into gradeless classrooms. Right. And seeing a way, yeah, gradeless classrooms and and just kind of going from there. Uh, I just think that there's still time for us to change up a lot of the way that we do things. But again, we are kind of archaic in our approach. And again, our initial educational system wasn't built or founded for folks like you and I. And right. so those are some things that we really need to look at. I mean, that, that is a very broad question. Yeah. I mean, we could, we could have spent the whole podcast talking about <laughs> the one thing that we could change for education, but there, there's, there's a lot there. And maybe we can, um we can definitely do a part two on that. I know that's a, that's tend to be a, a heavy question it, it, it can it can get deep because there's so much to unpack yeah. right? so many so many problems but man i just want to say hey man sheldon i really appreciate you taking your time out to come on the schoolhouse podcast to break down equity uh diversity and just having dialogue and conversation and not allowing traumatic experiences to um prevent that educator from you know continuing to push for equity um within the school culture or you know things like that so i just want to say man i really appreciate it and i hope to do a part two with you again yeah, someday but anytime. I, yeah i really appreciate it and i just want to thank you so much yeah my pleasure thanks for having me all right guys as we we are about to finish out thank you sheldon once again and it's mr schoolhouse peace and we out hey Welcome to the Schoolhouse Podcast Office. Man, today was great. Today was a um a great time. You know, I have learned some things and I hope that all my all of you all out there have learned some new things as well. You know, we talked about equity, right? We talked about diversity. Did you know that diversity does not just confine to or or is limited to race? Right. It can be diversity within your own culture. Uh, people who come from different backgrounds, they have different uh, social economic statuses. Right. Or, you know, income like it is it, it, it's deeper than what we just see on the surface and, and see out, you know, what people push out. So I hope that, you know, if you are an educator out there that you can take something away. Right. Don't allow those traumatic experiences that you may face to hinder you from having conversations with other people, you know, when it comes to equity, regardless of your race, regardless of where you come from, your background, as I like to say, 
you can still have these conversations and dialogues with other people because you will meet people along the way that will be more than welcome to have these conversations that will be more than welcome to have these dialogues and, and start to push towards diversity within our school system, start to push towards diversity within school leadership, start to push forward towards diversity at the top, right? At the very top who make who makes and creates the curriculum. So I hope that that helped you. And hey, you can start by asking questions. You can't go wrong with asking questions. That's a start. But thank you guys for coming to the Schoolhouse Podcast office. Hey, by the way, you know, as I stated before, you guys can submit your topic. So I've created a link. It will be in the description where you can submit your topic and you can ask me. You can tell me what do you want to hear from? What do you want to what do you want to talk about? I apologize. What do you want to talk about? You know, what what what? People, do you want me to interview? You can even put that in the description and I will do my best and try to reach out, right? So again, this, I like to say, this platform is not about me. It's about you guys. It's about serving you, helping you professionally, right? And to meet your needs. So I want to hear from you. What topics do you want me to discuss? You made it this far in this episode. What do you want to hear on the next episode, right? Who do you want me to interview? Of course, it has to be educator related because that's what this platform is about. But just let me know. I will hit I will have a link in the description. Once again, my email too. you can email me at the schoolhouse podcast at Gmail dot com to submit any of your topics. Hey, it's Mr. Schoolhouse. Thank you for rocking with us today. Peace. And I'm out.